I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, April 22, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So what we're going to do today is we're going to pick apart the market and I'm going to get everything that I can in terms of data points out on the table because I think the market's getting ready to make a big move or maybe two moves. I think we're very, very close. The market's telling us something even on a day when nothing happened. The reality is, is the volume today was so light, they may as well not even have opened the market. But just like every other day, we can always have a takeaway. We're going to learn something from every single market condition there is. Or at least we have the opportunity to learn something from every single market condition there is. Whether we choose to learn or not is up to the individual. I'm going to have some takeaways from today, and let's see what we have. Let's start unpacking it piece by piece, step by step. Before we do so, let me first pause and thank everybody who participates and posts comments under the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody you think can benefit from this information. Let's start with small ball, and we'll work up from there. And when I say small ball, I mean let's start from this morning's activity. Let's start from an intraday 10-minute chart. And you'll see over here, this is where we gap down this morning. This is the 940 candle, so the first 10 minutes of the day, we had a gap down, and immediately the market rallied up, grinded higher, traded around the 290 level all day long, and then the last half an hour of the day, the market began to wake up and move higher or in the northern direction. Now, that tells me a couple of different things. We may look at the market on close and say, hey, the market didn't do anything. It was up 40 cents. Whatever the case is, it doesn't look like a lot. The reality is there's always something to learn. So here's what my takeaway was this morning from the market. So we gap down, and after that, instead of continuing down farther, they had every opportunity to send the market down farther. Let's look at a different chart and talk through that a little bit. Here's an hourly chart. So here's this morning's candle. This is the first candle of the day on the hourly chart, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m., The market gaps down Monday morning, and you'll see we came even short of this double bottom here. The low here was 288.66. You'll remember that from the other day. We didn't even come down to test that. The market reversed and went in the other direction. But here's what I wanted to point out. Why not come and complete the job? Why not fill the gap down at 288? They could have done it. They could have spent a few hours today doing it. How every opportunity... To hit them hard at the open and fill the gap, rather turned around and went in the other direction. So in this case, back to what I said the other day, it's kind of that negative space thing. It's what the market didn't do that turned out important to me today because what it did do was basically spin its wheels in the sand after the early morning shakeout. 
What was the real significance of today's low? Well, there's a couple of different things. Let's look at it from a couple of different angles. A, you have a breakup candle. That's from last week. The low there was 289.15. Today's low happened to be 289.07. On one hand, we tested a breakup candle low. How often do we see that? We see that every single day. Whether it's a breakup candle low or a breakdown candle high, we see it over and over and over again. That was certainly an area where traders would have been close to risk if willing to take the trade on the long side early in the morning. We had an even number in the spider of 289. That's okay. It's not mind-boggling. That in and of itself really isn't anything to hang your hat on. The breakup candle low, in addition to the round number situation, you're starting to get somewhere, but in and of itself, wasn't really it. Let me show you what else we had. Now here, we flip over to the S&P E-mini futures contract. This is the reason why I give both numbers inside the numbers every single morning. Members who get this have the ES futures number and also the SPY numbers, and there's a reason. Look at the low today. This is the same chart, only using a different vehicle. The 9.30 to 10.30 candle, this is the hourly chart. The low is 28.99. The 2900 number is much more important as it relates to an important number than 289 is to the spider. The real important number was in the S&P E-mini futures contract at 2900. They spiked it by a point reversed the market, and went back in the other direction. The ES futures number at the big fat round number of 2,900 was much more important from a psychological perspective. Pretty interesting how looking at the same market, two different charts or two different vehicles, will tell you something more. So that was a takeaway for me this morning. That 2,900 number was interesting because if we broke below and we started closing hourly below, the market would have been telling a different story today. While we're on the subject of the futures chart, we might as well get a look from the daily chart perspective. What do we see here? It looks slightly different than the SPY, only because the futures chart looks slightly different. But all in all, they're really the same vehicle. They're headed in the same direction. They're doing the same thing. But you get a different visual perspective sometimes on the daily chart of the futures contract versus the SPY. Here's the SPY, and you can see the futures look slightly different. The SPY shows this pronounced reversal day. We're going to talk about that again in a moment. And then you have the futures contract where you don't really see it. All you see in the futures contract is a breakup candle, a test of the breakup candle low, and we've been going sideways in an uptrend above all the moving averages. So depending on the chart you look at, you get a slightly different perspective. Sometimes you've got to juggle a few balls going on. There's other stuff too. We're going to look at the IWM. We're going to look at the transports. We're going to look at the financials. We look all around the world to make sure that we've got all the data we need to put the pieces to the puzzle together. That's the way it works. Back to the spider. All that being said, is it bullish or bearish? There's nothing bearish about the market. We just have to accept that reality. We may go down. We may have a down day. We may have a down day or two. If we have a big down day or two or three big down days, obviously the tune will change. The sheet of music will change. However, right now, 
The market is in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with it. And once again, the market is winding up for a bigger move. Is that move going to be pull the rug out on the downside? Or is it going to be a vacuum slash melt up on the upside? Well, let's look at it from a couple of different perspectives. On one hand, we look at the spider chart. We have a reversal candle. There are tons of traders that want this market to go down. They've already taken a position on the short side. They're looking at that reversal candle and that's what they're hanging their hat on. What do I see? I look at the futures chart and I see a market that's going sideways, that's winding up above the moving averages for another push higher. Had every opportunity to go down, took a pass, ultimately just went sideways. That tells me, A, the market's not doing something, so it must be planning on doing something different, right? So if it's not going down, it's going sideways. And the question is, is it planning on going to the upside? Well, why didn't it go down this morning? What was the reason? Well, nobody's really going to know the reason, but I have a case, right? My case is there's still a gap above that hasn't been filled, and I've contended for a long, long time that gap will get filled. Remember, and we've discussed this many, many times, they had an opportunity to fill the gap a couple of times. They came up short. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew does that. That's the way it works. We talked about it a dozen times. What's going on now is if they do go up to fill the gap, we have to ask ourselves, are they likely to fill the gap and reverse and fall back down away to the south side? Or are they likely to fill the gap and keep going to the upside? We don't know for sure one way or the other. Remember, I'm the umpire calling balls and strikes. What I'm trying to do here is lay out both sides of the equation so if you see something happening, you know what's going on. So here's what we're going to do with that. The high was 291.43. That's the recent high. That's right here, 291.43. We close hourly above that number. Two things are happening. A, you're likely already filling the gap. And B, you're likely going higher than the gap. That's our short-term bogey right now. 291.43 is the bogey on the upside. Now, what happens if we fall away? What's the bogey on the downside? It hasn't changed. It's going to stay 287. Hourly closes and then daily closes below 287. You don't want to be long the market. That's the way I see it from where I sit. Decisions are made in real time. We'll come back with more information if something like that does occur. We have to be aware of both sides of the market. So let's look a little bit deeper before we move on to the other markets. Let's look at a couple of other charts. Getting another perspective, here's a 120-minute chart. Here's what we need to know. We need to know that this is a bear flag pattern developing, right? So it's the same on the hourly chart. It's very pronounced over here. So it's a bear flag pattern that will generally play out to the downside. However, we know that these markets love to test the highs of breakdown candles. What's the high of the breakdown candle? We just discussed it, 291.43. What happens if they go up there? Can they get above that area? Of course they can. So if they make a run for the high of the breakdown candle, you have to be aware for them to bust through the breakdown candle. What's the easiest way to get above the whole kit and caboodle? To gap above 291.43. Can it happen? Sure it can. We'll see what happens in the morning. We have no idea, but that is a possibility. 
if they begin gapping above 291.43, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday, any day, if that does occur, then you'll likely know what's happening is there are higher prices than the gap. They're likely not going to just fill the gap and take off in the other direction. How much higher? Don't fall in love with the upside. 293, 294, 295. It's not going to really matter. The market will likely end up spiking up, topping out, up in that neighborhood. Could even get high as 297 if they really give it a run. That would be helped by some kind of news-related spark. Maybe they cut a deal with China. Maybe it's something relating to the oil discussions that have been going on with Iran. Could be anything. doesn't really matter. I'm just saying that's what happens when these super spikes slash melt-up things occur. It's not going to change the fact that this is likely the ending of a move rather than the new leg of a bull market. What do we have to do? We have to wait for the market to give us a sign and a signal of a trend change. Where do we find that? You find that in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. What do we have going on over in Camp IWM? Which, by the way, is my favorite market leading indicator, and it was leading the market to the downward direction today. However, the spiders really didn't move. That was interesting. So the S&P 500 ends up flatlining most of the day, right around that 290 level. We talked about it ad nauseum. The IWM was actually down at one point pretty decently. You can see here below these moving averages. If I move this over, I'll show you the low of the day was 154.52. We finished at 155.23. That was a nice little move off the lows. What you'll find even more interesting was that the lows came in towards the end of the day. So this is after 3 o'clock. The market made a low, the IWM did, and then took off to the upside. And we know, especially when we have light volume like we did today, that it's all the same market for the most part. They all trade together. If we're going to get a decent move in the upward direction or the downward direction, you're likely going to get a lot of the markets following suit. However, the IWM was leading... At least my internal to myself discussions today to the downside. And that's interesting, but all it was so far was another retest of the moving averages. And we closed above the moving averages in between the 20 and the 50, which are the convergence of the moving averages, and the 200, which is right above. So it's sandwiched in between, but we can't hold any stock in the 200 period moving average because we've traded in and around that number or that moving average for quite some time. So it has less significance. However, the 50 and the 20 period moving average so far on the daily chart are holding. So we're not ready to call one way or the other whether the IWM is bullish or bearish just yet. What we do know is that it was holding the market down today for the most part, at least in my humble opinion. We're going to get a much better picture on Tuesday in terms of the IWM. Let me show you what I mean. Here is the 120-minute chart of the IWM. So what you see here is slightly different than you see in the SPY. Here's a big reversal on the 120-minute chart, and we've basically been drifting lower, hovering on the convergence of all these moving averages. This is the 100 period and the 200 period moving average, different than the other chart we just looked at, 
which was the daily chart. So I believe it is somewhat of a make it or break it situation for the IWM. And if the IWM drops down, it'll likely lead the other markets with it. It's also making somewhat of a bear flag pattern. There's a gap below us. So we need to be aware of that. Down at 153 is a gap. That's $2 lower in the IWM. That's a fairly large move in terms of the IWM. I'm not saying it has to go down there. I'm saying we need to be aware of this because that's not necessarily a bullish looking chart. Although we could classify the IWM as a garden variety pullback. And that would be from this pivot low to this pivot high up here. We could have a garden variety pullback here. Those traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will understand that that pullback using the pivots that we just discussed is of a garden variety. So while this 120-minute chart may look like it's setting up with a bear flag pattern, understand that we are at a very critical area of a garden variety pullback. The market can use that as another launching pad or it can go lower. We don't know exactly which one, but we will find out Tuesday morning, likely. By the way, before we move on, this is back to the spiders for a moment. Look at the volume today. Less than 40 million shares against an average daily volume of 70 plus million shares this is based on the 90-day average. So you've actually got decreasing volume on the average, but look where today's volume was. Very, very, very low. It was a three-day holiday weekend, but still, there's certainly no conviction one way or the other. And here's the reason why I bring up the fact that the market is likely winding up for a larger move. The volume is very, very light, which means that when volume does enter the market, it will enter the market and move the market. So in either direction, if a wave of buyers comes in or a wave of sellers comes in, it's likely to move the market bigger than a bread box because the volume has dried up so much. Less than 40 million shares on the spider. I'm not sure, but it looks to me like it was the lightest volume day of the year. Anything doing over in the transportation department? Not really. Down 11 points. That's a rounding error. One-tenth of one percent. We have no new information. Put in a doji candle on Thursday. Put in a doji candle today. Does it mean anything? Nah, not necessarily. It's just information. We take it in. More importantly, look where we are. We're above all the moving averages in an uptrend. That's what's important. If that changes then the character of the transports changes. The transports is my second favorite market leading indicator. There's nothing to say the transports can't move higher. It is in an uptrend. So if we get some kind of spark in this market, everything's going to go along in the same direction. What's doing out in Silicon Valley? We've been talking about the queues. Has there been anything wrong with the queues? Absolutely not. Uptrend, above all the moving averages, Nothing wrong with the Qs whatsoever. It is a constant grind higher. Nothing has changed. We said basically the same thing on Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, and so on. The trend is your friend until it's not. Let's take a stop down at the financial district. What's doing here? Well, same routine. We talked about this at length the other day. I don't have to rehash everything. It was down eight cents, one third of one percent. So we're not going to make a federal case out of that. We're above all the moving averages, 
We're in an uptrend. Last time around, we looked at the weekly chart. We pointed out two very, very critical areas. Nothing has changed. Without the financials, it's unlikely we get a big rally in the market. And if the financials fall out of bed, the market will likely follow suit. The financials are a good indicator, but today we get no new information. Semis, also a pretty good indicator across the tech sector. Did we get any new information from the semis today? Absolutely not. They've been a monster in an uptrend, continuing to grind. No new information, down five cents, nothing doing. Of course, we have to talk about crude oil. We don't talk about crude oil every single day, but it's worth talking about today. Let's go over what's been going on with crude oil. We had a target of 64.50. We reached that target. It was resistance, and the market basically just traded sideways around and slightly below 64.50 for a couple of weeks. Now, 64.50 is not important anymore. It acted as a magnet, and we know that it wasn't final destination for oil. Why? Because the market wasn't rejected at 64.50. It stopped there, but it went sideways. So that tells us it's the information within the information. It tells us it wasn't final destination. And really, as it began to go sideways around 64.50, the writing was on the wall that we were likely going higher. What are we doing now? We're going higher. We see 68.50 on the board. Are we going to get to 68.50? We might. Maybe we come up short, maybe we go slightly above it. But that general zone is the next major area of importance. Give or take 50 cents on either side of that, let's just say. Here's the way I'll put it. You're not going to just waltz through 68.50. And that, my friends, is everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss today. So I will give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.